It's time for Shattered Soulstone. Featuring the latest news from Sanctuary and beyond. Each episode, a heroic party of Nephilim band together to help keep you informed on everything in the Diablo universe. And now, your Diablo Community Podcast. Coming to you from somewhere in Sanctuary, this is episode 390 of Shattered Soulstone, your Diablo Community Podcast. This episode is called Diablo Christmas. It is December 16, 2022, and this is Jen. I'm going to start off with a thing about Twitch, which... I mean, a lot of people who are streamers use it more than maybe some of the other places you can stream. And you may have seen recently people doing charity drives uh, on Twitch to raise money for various good organizations that can help people. Unfortunately, not all of the charities that Twitch selected were good ideas. And that brings me to an article from Game Developer titled, Twitch Takes Alleged Hate Group Off Approved Charities List. Uh, The blurb says, The inclusion of the LGB Alliance and Autism Speaks raises concerns about Twitch's vetting process for its approved charities. This is written by Justin Carter. Twitch has removed LGB Alliance from the list of approved charities. An official admin for Twitch's forums confirmed the organization had been removed after a, quote, thorough review, end quote, spurred by backlash from users about the group's inclusion. The LGB Alliance has openly opposed the rights of trans people and been frequently criticized as a hate group. Its inclusion on Twitch's list prompted requests from users for the Alliance's charity status to be removed from the plat- removed on the platform. Uh, I think it meant from, but you get the idea. On December 7, Twitch released its charity tool for users to donate to organizations that had been classified as charities across the world. LGB Alliance was granted charity status in the UK back in 2021. Quote, Twitch does not allow charities that violate our hateful conduct policies on Twitch or whose organization or leadership engage in or promote behaviors that violate our off-service policy, wrote Twitch. Organizations were added to Twitch charity tool via its partnership with PayPal's Giving Fund, hence the Alliance's inclusion. That inclusion isn't an endorsement, but the forum admin noted that Twitch will, quote, regularly review the list and remove organizations that violate our policies. Um, So that's part of this article. And for those of you that don't know, LGB Alliance hates trans people. That's why they've removed the T. There's been lawsuits I've vaguely been following in the UK regarding whether or not people can be jerks to people who are trans uh, women or trans men. And it's not something I think Twitch would have said, oh, yes, let's promote this one. I think they just didn't bother to check. I think they trusted that the group they got it from, which was, gosh, what was that? I just said a minute ago, that group. I think they assumed that those charities had been vetted by the group that said, here, put them in. Um, And I don't even know if they actually looked into it closely, but you don't want someone on Twitch to assume that LGB Alliance was something other than what it actually is. You know what I mean? You don't want to raise money for transphobes and people who 
actively push to take away the rights of trans people. And in the United States, that's happening. And in the UK, it's happening. Probably other places as well. So it is a good thing that Twitch decided to say nope to that one. And so that that group won't be getting money from Twitch as part of a charity group of all things. It's not a charity. It's really not. I mean, the UK thinks it is because of lawsuits there. But in any case... You're, you're safe now if you're in the LGBTQIA plus community to uh, go and watch someone do a charity stream and not have to worry that it'd be this group that's gets, getting the money. The other group that was on here is Autism Speaks. And this is a group that if you know any people who are autistic, do not like because the policies that they make are not helpful to people who are autistic and often talk over them. So if, you, if the thing is titled Autism Speaks, one might assume that these are people who are autistic that are speaking for themselves and their needs, but it's not. It's parents of the person who has autism or who is autistic and things like that. And it just, some of the policies they do, I've read, I I have family members that have autism for sure. Some never got diagnosed, but it's pretty clear that would be appalled by what's happening with that group. Twitch has left them on still as part of their charity group. So just to be aware, you know, you can put your money wherever you want, but just to be aware these two aren't so great. And in better news, not necessarily related directly to Diablo games, but here's this. There's a tweet from John Height, H-I-G-H-T. He is the SVP and general manager at the Warcraft franchise. And he just posted this image with the Warcraft, a Warcraft logo. There's been, you know, they change on social media a lot. Uh, And it says this, Citizens of Azeroth, it is with great joy that I announce Chris Metzen has joined the Warcraft leadership team as creative advisor. Chris's focus initially will be on World of Warcraft, and then his work will expand to other projects across this growing franchise. Chris was one of the original team members working on the Warcraft universe back when it began in 1994, and we are so happy to be reuniting him with the world he helped create, John Height, General Manager, Warcraft. The responses to this coming from people who may have worked for Blizzard, possibly involved with World of Warcraft, seem to be very positive. So that's, I mean, there's gonna, there's a lot of it. Like Taryn Gregory, who is a wonderful human, uh, posted a gif of Gandalf, you know. <laughs> um, other people are, are chiming in. Okay, so there's a person here who asked a question. And the question was, I am sad and happy at the same time. What will happen with Araboras, Coils of the Serpent, Mr. at Chris Metzen? And Chris Metzen responded, big plans for uh, Araboras, fear not. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. I've heard it pronounced different ways. But what that is, if you don't know, is it, it is a TTRPG game he helped design that's got a lot of like interesting, dangerous magic in it. That's, that's good enough. You can look it up if you want to. I, don't think I I might put a link in the in the notes we'll see but this is the thing there's a lot of people that really love Chris Metzen and in the past when a lot of the sexual harassment stuff was coming out I cannot recall right now if he was one of the people in charge that knew about it and did nothing or if he really didn't know anything or if he was gone by the time this happened I don't know but people are happy people are pretty happy about it so let's see like you know World of Warcraft was basically his baby and he was thrall Right. Very interested in that. He did uh, a lot of stuff with Overwatch. And I remember being at BlizzCon 
watching him very nervously try to explain what Overwatch was going to be and hoping that fans would dig it, you know, and obviously it's still it's still going on. So I think this might be a really good thing for Blizzard to have someone like that that really actually cares about the games and hopefully cares about the people. I mean, from the people I'm seeing responding, some of them I think have worked for Blizzard at some point. So maybe this can make changes in the company. I hope so. The ABK Workers Alliance account at A Better ABK has a thread here. And this is one of the things that I would hope changes. Maybe, I don't know how much power Metzen's going to have over there, but maybe, right? So this is what the uh, ABK account wrote today. In an email this week, it was announced that ABK will be lifting its vaccine requirements for all studio locations in January of 2023. This statement, along with its arrival coming during a holiday COVID surge, is a blatant contradiction to the company's statement that it cares about employee health and safety. This decision directly puts the health of immunocompromised employees and their family in danger and goes against our core value of leading responsibly. To truly prioritize the health and safety of employees, we should be keeping the needs of our most vulnerable employees in mind. With this in mind, we call upon... Let me do that again. I made a noise. Okay. With this in mind, we call upon ABK leadership to commit to offering remote work as a permanent solution to those who request it and to improve the process regarding remote work requests so that our vulnerable co-workers can work from the safety of their homes. This is something we have asked for many times before, most notably during our walkout on April 4th of this year. However, this demand has either been ignored by leadership or we have been told that the current system is adequate. This statement directly contradicts our experiences and the experiences of many of our co-workers. We hope our concerns will be considered and we look forward to creating a better, safer ABK that prioritizes employee health and safety. And this kind of thing is scary because if you are an immunocompromised person like me um, who has to go into an office, I don't have to go into an office. I work from home. I'm freelance. I think I've mentioned that before. But if you are in a you know, uh, employed by a corporation that is going to make statements like, well, we don't really care if you have, if you're vaccinated, that's no big deal. Everybody's got to be in the workplace. This is going to be harmful to people in a number of ways. Uh, and especially people who are immunocompromised. If you don't know what that means, it means your body doesn't work very well at fighting infections and other things like that. And to force someone who has any immunocompromised condition, there are several, to be in the workplace with people who uh, apparently, some of them may have gotten vaccines, some of them maybe never did, some of them, you know, whatever. Um, this is going to be a problem because that's going to spread things around. And in from I read a lot about COVID because I'm immunocompromised and I don't want to catch it. It is my understanding that many companies uh, every so often decide that COVID is gone and over and eradicated from the planet and everyone's fine. And this is simply not true anywhere on this planet. So to make an immunocompromised person come into a workplace, even if they're vaccinated, if their bodies were strong enough for the vaccine, and even if they're wearing masks, this puts them at great risk. And it's even worse for people who have families and the worker isn't immune compromised, but maybe their child is, or maybe their spouse is, you know? It's things like this that make me hate big corporations that make these types of policies that 
don't seem to show any consideration for their most vulnerable workers. And that's got to stop. It's not going to hear. You know, ABK's decision makers are not very good at that. So next I have a tweet from Brad Smith, who is the vice chair and president of Microsoft. And he tweeted this. We continue to believe that our deal to acquire Activision Blizzard will expand competition and create more opportunities for gamers and game developers. He continued with, we have been committed since day one, both those words are capitalized, to addressing competition concerns, including by offering earlier this week proposed concessions to the FTC. While we believe in giving peace a chance, we have complete confidence in our case and welcome the opportunity to present it in court. You can kind of see where that goes. Kotaku wrote about this. They've got an article called, see that one was uh, Brad Smith, but they're now talking on Kotaku about Phil Spencer. Phil Spencer says Sony wants to grow at Xbox's expense. And uh, that's that's the title. The, the subtitle is Sony and Starfield are slowing down Microsoft's takeover of Activision Blizzard. The funny thing is the picture that Kotaku used. So they've got two console devices, you know, the handhelds, and uh, the uh, Sony one is off to the side. It's very, very big, and the Microsoft one has been shrunk down to doll size. (laughs) I just thought whoever put that together had some talent. That was kind of interesting. So here's a little bit from this article. Public squabbling between two of the biggest console gaming companies has intensified. On a recent podcast appearance, Microsoft Gaming CEO Phil Spencer blasted Sony for wanting to grow by, quote, making Xbox smaller, end quote. The accusation comes after the Federal Trade Commission decided to sue to block Microsoft's takeover of Activision because of a pattern of making recently acquired games like Starfield exclusive. Quote, Sony is leading the dialogue around why the deal shouldn't go through to protect its dominant position on console. So the thing they grab onto is Call of Duty, Spencer said during an interview with the Second Request Antitrust podcast last week. The largest console maker in the world raising an objection about the one franchise that we said will continue to ship on the platform. Spencer went on to contrast Xbox's strategy of bringing its games day and date to PC and Game Pass with Sony's focus on keeping its latest first-party blockbusters like Horizon Forbidden West and God of War Ragnarok exclusive to consoles for the first few years. Quote, Sony is trying to protect its dominance on the console, Spencer said. The way they grow is by making Xbox smaller. The subtext is that Sony is lobbying hard to block the $69 billion Activision deal, not because it's bad for consumers, but because it is not good for PlayStation. It continues on from there for a few paragraphs, but you get the idea. And then Forbes wrote an article about this as well, uh, titled Phil Spencer, Gloves Off, The Way Sony Grows is by Making Xbox Smaller, written by Paul Tassie. It's got stuff in here that's been said before, some of it in the Kotaku article. But then, you know, there's some opinion here about Sony coming from the writer of this, Paul Tassie. Uh, And I'll just go to that part. The pushback to Sony's objections is that they are transparently self-serving, and one argument Microsoft has made is to play up PlayStation's position as market leader while downplaying Xbox's position during their relative lack of first-party hits compared to Sony. 
Sony, meanwhile, very much does not want Xbox to get larger by acquiring a company with a market cap dangerously close to the entire size of Sony, $100 billion versus $70 billion. But while there's an argument to be made about the size of the deal, it's also pretty apparent that Sony is being obstructionist for its own sake to try to kill something that will benefit their rival and hurt them. They can argue Microsoft is being, quote, anti-competitive, end quote, but they are the only entity who is claiming that to be true. As other rivals like Nintendo and Steam and a wide range of publishers say they have no issue with Microsoft's deal... The latest front in the war has been Microsoft trying to put pressure on regulators to recognize Sony as being unreasonable by getting Nintendo and Valve to agree to the same Call of Duty-based deals that they are currently offering Sony, which Sony is rejecting. But so far, it feels like regulators across the UK, EU, and now the US continue to side with Sony and bring up many of their talking points. As ever, the focus of the deal remains relentlessly focused on potential Call of Duty exclusivity or non-exclusivity. It remains unclear if the deal goes through, even though most forecasters predict it will, despite all this pushback. But Microsoft is going to struggle every step along the way with Sony cutting at their heels. So there's an opinion in there, which I think is pretty valid. The Life at Blizzard account wrote to this on Twitter. Take your place among legends and join the Diablo Immortal team. And there's a little fire emoji. There's a link you can apply at. And there's a graphic here with um, the roles that are open. So if you're looking to work for Blizzard, this is an opportunity if you want to work on the Diablo Immortal team. They also, Blizzard, posted this in their news section on their website. Sanctuary freezes over during the hellish holiday event. This was posted today on the 16th. Here's a little bit. There's a picture here of Tyrael with snow and snowflakes around him, like getting entwined in his his wings. It's from, it's, it's not, you know, Tyrael as mortal in this one. It's like previous to that. So this is what they wrote. We wish you one hell of a holiday season. Winter has befallen sanctuary, and with it, a fresh layer of demonic trickery has coated the land. During this time of year, mortals exchange gifts to spread holiday cheer, but the Burning Hell's helpers have thwarted this celebration by stealing all the gifts for their own nefarious purposes. Restoring this time of glee rests squarely on your shoulders, Nephilim. Can you save this hellish holiday? So it says, Slay Hell helpers to recover gifts and there's a, a little, little screenshot here called holiday gift it's a little wrapped gift in a little box it says contains festive loot the uh, flavor text says gift valid for one-time use one per player in sanctuary only subject to product availability no rain checks issued void if altered copied transferred or sold other restrictions may apply no monetary value it is account bound and you can sell it for one gold if you so choose from december 16 today through february 5th um, you will need to put the sword to treasure goblins and greater rift guardians for a chance at recovering a gift because of their hardiness greater rift guardians have an increased chance of dropping a gift sanctuary's denizens were especially generous in their offerings to one another this year ranging from helpful resources to rarefied gear here is what you can potentially receive from any recovered gifts each gift will always contain the following items. Five Conduran runes, Chaldeum nightshade, Ariat wart, Hapestry, Corrupted Angel Flesh, and Westmarch West Holy Water, Arcane Dust, 
Death's Breaths, Forgotten Souls, Reusable Parts, and Veiled Crystals. If you've you've played Diablo 3, you know what these are all used for. They're pretty useful in a number of ways. You can do stuff with them. Each gift could, could also contain one of the following items. There are two possible wings you can get. One is the Cosmic Wings and one is the Falcon's Wings. I'm pretty sure I have the Falcon's Wings. I don't have the Cosmic's Cosmic Wings yet, so I might be going after that. And there's a whole set of pets you can get from um, a gift, I guess, from this. But a lot of these dropped from the Treasure Goblins that drop pets. I can't think of the name right now. Menagerist Goblins, those. So here's the list. Blaze, Buddy, The Bumble, Charlotte, Friendly Gauntlet, Galthrak the Unhinged, Grunk, Haunting Hannah, Humbart Vessel, Lady Morthanlu, Lamb, Livmore, Malfeasance, Ms. Madeline, The Mimic, Overseer Lady Josephine, Queen of the Succubi, That Which Shall Not Be Named, The Stomach, and Unihorn. I have almost all of these. There's like two in here maybe I don't have, so I'm going to try for that. And then there's transmogs that you can get. Some of these I've had, uh, a lot of these I don't. It's a huge list. It's got, like, just the Herodric Hamburger transmog, I guess. Lactan and Storm Shield. That one I've gotten a number of times. It's pretty easy to find in the uh, Leoric's uh, castle, basically. Some of these I have no idea what they are at all. There's Rakanisha's Blade. I've got one of those from way back in the day, the actual thing. I'm not even sure what you're supposed to use it on anymore because I don't know if the character you were supposed to slay with it is still there. Uh, just a whole bunch of stuff. The Star Helm, a bunch of cool things. And then there's some miscellany. And one of them is the Sword of Mediocrity. And then you can also get Blood Shards and Coal, which in parentheses says Glowing Ore. Uh, th- there's a developer's note here. If a player owns any of the pets or wings from above from the above list, they will be unable to receive a duplicate of them from any recovered gifts. Otherwise, enjoy your lumps of coal. <laughs> May your holidays be full of demons to slay, which is interesting, <laughs> you know? So I'm probably going to try that in the, in, later today or maybe tomorrow to get in on that. The Diablo 2 Resurrected uh, part of Blizzard News has posted something called a 22 Nights of Terror holiday event. This was posted on December 13. It's got a really interesting graphic of the Dark Wanderer holding a Christmas bulb and wearing a Santa hat over his uh, hood. Very strange. Has red snowflakes falling down around him. And uh, the main point you need from this, without all the uh, flavor text, is that on December 13th it started and it'll stop on January 4th. Uh, The fabric of Sanctuary will be altered every 24 hours, revealing a new gameplay modifier via the in-game message of the day that will last for the next 24 hours. The 22 Nights of Terror holiday event can be enjoyed in all online game modes except for classic Diablo 2. Powerful loot, a dash of terror, and a new surprise to experience each day awaits you in Sanctuary this holiday season. Go forth in glory. Happy holidays, the Diablo 2 resurrected team. From here, we get into Diablo 4. So there was a developer update live stream recap, uh, and it's on Twitch. There's a link. The Diablo account uh, kind of pointed that out. So I'll put that in. Everything I talk about is going to be in the show notes so that you can find it if you want to look it up again. And uh, that one's it's on Twitch. It is my understanding that Twitch videos don't necessarily last in an accessible way for a long time. So if you've missed it, you might want to go to Twitch and check it out soon before it goes away. Or if you've heard all the hype already, maybe you don't need this. Rod Ferguson, the SVP GM of all things Diablo at Blizzard, 
posted a screenshot from Diablo Immortal, and he wrote this on Twitter. Quick Diablo Immortal update. Current event with up to 800% XP boost to catch up is crazy. I did 16 bounties last night and gained 7 Paragon levels, and he's got a screenshot to prove that, which is pretty interesting. <laughs> There's uh, the Diablo Immortal Twitter account said the developers discuss what doom and chaos they brought to 1.7 in our narrative deep dive. It's got Joe Grubb, lead game designer. There's someone else in there as well. And it's you can watch it right on Twitter, it looks like. The Diablo Immortal News on the Blizzard News site has a thing from December 12th. Uh, called Crash into Hell's Minions in Terror's Tide. And I think this has to do with something they were talking about in the in the video. There's a lot of stuff in here. There's a lot. So they're going to be uh, introducing three additional Hell difficulties so players can raise their Paragon level to never-before-achieved heights. And it tells you how to find those. Our new server Paragon level experience and loot bonuses will elevate you to Hell 4 promptly. There's daily activities. So the bounty chest now has a higher chance to drop legendary items. Completing a bestiary quest will now guarantee a legendary item on the first turn in each day. Completing three dungeons will now reward a guaranteed set item once per day. The set item will be rewarded via the, cod the codex. If you're below server Paragon, they have a below server Paragon system now. To help prepare all adventurers for the dangers awaiting them in the new Stormpoint zone, we have made some adjustments to the experience of catching up in server Paragon levels. All servers below a server Paragon level of 320 will be set to a server Paragon level of 320. The maximum experience rewards for being below server Paragon level has been increased from 400% to 800%. The chance to receive legendary and set items as a drop has been increased by 250% for players far below the server Paragon level. As a player gets closer to server Paragon level, these increased drop rates will decrease. There's a new Paragon tree. There are three. Three new Paragon trees are also arriving. Massacre, Brawler, and Duelist. We recognize that having new Paragon trees locked behind specific Paragon levels makes them feel more time-gated and doesn't necessarily feel like you've earned them once they are unlocked. As part of this update, we are shifting Paragon trees to unlock at different Hell difficulties to help Hell difficulties feel more rewarding and allow players' skill instead of grind time to provide early access to new Paragon trees. Uh, players that have already unlocked existing Paragon trees will have those trees unlocked after the update, and in every case, players should be able to unlock the Paragon trees sooner than they could prior to the update. Massacre focuses on increasing your efficiency as you rack up kills and raise your streak counter. Brawler focuses on bolstering your defenses against elite enemies. While in a party, this benefit will be shared with others. The Duelist focuses on utilizing skills to stack damage bonuses. You must avoid taking damage to maintain these benefits. In the event you do receive damage, all the power built up will erupt outward in a static discharge, dis uh, damaging nearby enemies, and they've also adjusted the way cheat death works. So there's some more stuff in here. They did something with the monk skills. Um, they did something with set items, and uh, there's like a two-piece set, and a four-piece set, and another two-piece set. The hero's journey is paused. 
Chapters 1 through 6 will be paused and a new hero's journey will begin. Only chapters 1 through 4 will be available for the new hero's journey. Chapters 5 and 6 are coming later. Uh, the Shadow War thing. Players that become the immortal in Shadow War will now experience a new stamina mechanic. Whenever they move throughout the battlefield, the stamina bar will begin to drain. When the stamina bar is fully depleted, the immortal will incur a, a movement speed penalty. The stamina bar will begin to recharge only when the immortal stands completely still. There's some dungeons in here, and um, there's the storm point stuff in here. That The dev update, you can watch it from this uh, news site the Blizzard news site as well. Some other stuff in here. Uh, there's um, some event called Broomlatine Limited Time Holiday Event. It's got a bunch of villagers and like a really odd version of a Christmas tree. The purpose, I guess, is uh, it starts on December 14th, so it's already started. It's going to go through January 4th. And you can show your adoration for continued warmth and safety during a Broomlatine limited time holiday event. Each day players can compete up, complete up to three daily tasks in exchange for snow-dusted rewards and progress towards grander rewards. So there's that. There's a new cosmetic skin that relates to this. Some other stuff. Something with witches down here. The Voidwound Heliquary. I guess it's that one. There's just so much stuff in here to do in Diablo Immortal, and I will never catch up, but I think some of it sounds really fun. There was another developer update live stream recap about Diablo 4, and the Diablo account posted that, and there's also a link to more details about it if you didn't see it. It probably goes right to Twitch, just like the other one did, and um, yeah, so there's a lot about that. Now, one of the things mentioned on Twitter a lot after some of this news came out was the Diablo 4 Limited Collector's Box. Now, here's what the product is and what it has and what it does not have. So you can look at the Blizzard Gear website and it is almost $100. It's $96.66. I'm assuming that is the price in the United States. I have no idea what would it would be plus shipping or what the cost would be in other currencies in other countries. You can pre-order it now. This pre-order item will ship on or before June 30, 2023. Limited quantities available. And the product description says no game included. To purchase a copy of Diablo 4, visit Diablo.com. So this is not a special collector's edition that includes a game. It includes other stuff. But you cannot play Diablo 4 simply by buying this, okay? So here's what's in it. It has a candle of creation, an occult mouse pad, a cloth map of sanctuary, a pin of the Herodrum, Diablo 4 Collector's Edition art book, matted fine prints too, and the sizes of them. There's a little flavor text here, but here's some details about the actual items. Candle of creation, feel both the light's blessing and evil's embrace with this two-sided electric candle. Occult mouse pad, sanctify your space with this premium mouse pad. Cloth map of sanctuary, unfurl this scroll to behold the lands before you where Lilith's grasp has taken hold. Pin of the Herodrum, proudly display this vestige in the ancient brother of the ancient brotherhood. Diablo 4 Collector's Edition art book, immerse yourself in over 300 pages of the frighteningly beautiful artwork that created the world of Sanctuary and its heroes. There are two art prints, I'm not sure exactly what they are. This was made in China. One, you're limited to one Per order, you cannot buy up several of these and, um, I don't know, sell, resell them or something like that. So that is what this is. 
it seems to me there's been confusion online, at least on Twitter, of whether or not this is a different version of the maybe lowest tier of Diablo 4, you know, editions that you could buy. It probably you could you could pre-order now, I know that. It seemed misleading to me and a lot of other people because it, you know, if you say this is a collector's edition, then you think, "Oh, okay, so historically with Blizzard, you have like a couple of options. You can have like the just basic stuff, kind of medium stuff, and then the collector's edition had all this other loot in it. But this one doesn't have the game. So if you wanted this and you wanted to buy Diablo 4 and be able to play it, you'd have to make two purchases. One's at least $100 right here. Some of them are higher, and I'll go into that, I think, in a bit. But I just feel like this was kind of misleading. And I am not the only one who thought this. Uh, there's a tweet from Josh Strife Hayes. He does a lot of videos on video games, and I've watched some of them. And he makes things very clear about what's not working in this game and why. He tweeted this, The Diablo 4 Limited Edition Collector's Edition does not actually include Diablo 4. And it's, you know, got some screenshots of that. And uh, somebody asked him a question about his tweet, and he responded with, It is indeed a bundle of merch, likely costing over $100, so throw in a digital code for the game. There's no reason for it not to include the game except to milk players. And I think that might be true. I think that might be true. And also, we've seen recently a lot of Diablo partners get these, like, wonderful red hoods and the whole set with, like, actual real candles and incense and blood of the willing or something like that. And, you know, you could, they all, like, went and uh, did the ritual kind of thing. None of that is in this box. The candles are plastic. The art book seems interesting, but I kind of feel like eventually that art book's going to be sold separately anyway like in bookstores and stuff like that. Maybe if that's the only thing you want, you could still get that later on. But, you know, and the cloth that we saw the streamers use probably is low, of lower quality in this box. It's weird that they're doing this. I'm not sure why they bothered. But I really do think that the art book will eventually show up in bookstores on its own next to like Book of Cain and Book of Tyrael and, and all of those. So I'm not too worried about that. I figure I can get my hands on that one. And I'm not sure I really care about the rest of it. Just to, just to make things be a little more tone deaf, the Diablo account <laughs> wrote on Twitter, hell could be in your grasp, puts a little fire emoji. Tag who you're taking to hell when Diablo 4 releases for a chance to win a collector's edition box. Here's a link to the rules. And it's got a picture of all the items. It does not say that there is not a... You can't get the game from buying this collector's edition box. It doesn't say that on there. Now I can look at the rolls. Let's go look at the rolls real quick, shall we? Oh, boy. <laughs> okay. The eligibility says the promotion is only open and offered to legal residents of the United States of America. So if you're outside of the United States of America, you can't get this. It also excludes Arizona, Connecticut, Maryland, North Dakota, Vermont, and where restricted or prohibited by law. You have to be 18 to enter this. You can only uh, participate in the promotion as long as the participation in the... As, pff, that's a sentence that's garbled. Forget that one. Use of the prize does not violate applicable local laws and yada, yada, yada. This is all like uh, legalese to try to make them do this legally, I guess. 
The promotion is void where prohibited or restricted by law. It states in here, to be eligible to participate in this promotion, you must have a public Twitter account in good standing, in compliance with all applicable terms and conditions. Twitter accounts are free of charge. Twitter is not a sponsor of this promotion. And then it tells you how to win. You go to the Diablo thing that I just read to you on Twitter. You can have one entry. 20 winter winners will be chosen at random from sponsor from all eligible participants who submit an entry during the promotional period. Winners will be contacted via Twitter direct message. There's going to be some publicity. So uh, each participant in consideration of their being allowed the opportunity to enter the promotion hereby grants sponsor a perpetual non-exclusive royalty free worldwide license and right to utilize the entry materials submitted to the sponsor in connection with the promotion as well as the participant's name character likeness and biographical information for any publicity ad advertising and promotional purposes without additional compensation except where prohibited by law. Oh boy, this is kind of sketchy in my opinion. <laughs> that's that's a lot of okay, no, <laughs> right? I have a video here from Bellular News about uh, Diablo 4. It's titled uh, it's it's a YouTube video. It's titled The Diablo 4 team is falling apart, staff leak, it's constant development hell. And the person in this, I believe, is Michael. He's at Bellular Gaming. It's got listed right there. He does a almost an hour-long video talking about a lot of the things that were written in the Washington Post article that I believe I read last episode, I think. Also contrasting that with his personal experience as being someone who was in, uh, in a gaming company and had to deal with crunch and how that affects people's lives outside of the game um in addition though there's also like things he's noting on about why diablo 4 might be falling apart the team is having problems and there's been a lot of change outs of who's in charge of the direction of this and it's i found it really interesting so you might want to check it out if you've got an hour uh they bellular news in general does really good in-depth stuff explains things well so if you're wondering like what the heck's going on over there this is what's going on and the last thing I'm going to talk about is a thing on uh, Reddit written by uh, r slash Thunderclaw. And it is talking about thoughts on yesterday's Diablo announcements. I'm going to tell you the topics that they wrote and then you can delve in if you want to know more. So the first topic is Diablo 4's release date. Uh, Diablo 4's development cycle is reported by the Washington Post. Apparently, the Washington Post article is getting a lot of traction. FTC suing to stop the Activision Blizzard Microsoft merger. Collector's Edition doesn't have a game code. I'm glad he put that there because people, I think, are going to believe, oh, I can just buy this box full of goodies and I'll have a game. No, you won't. And then the Battle Pass. There's a Battle Pass, apparently, in Diablo 4, I guess. Mm, you know, so I'll let you read through that. It looks pretty good. I've skimmed some of it. It's too long to read on this show, but again, everything that I talked about will be linked into the show notes at ShatteredSoulStone.com. And with that, I'm going to close out the show. Um, this episode is, you know, Diablo Christmas, and uh, a lot of the stuff that relates to Diablo and Christmas in really strange ways will probably still be going on for the next couple of episodes. So it goes through January. So if, you, if you're into that, if you have time, um, you know, have fun. It seems like it's going to be in all of their games, except, you know, Diablo 4 that hasn't released yet. So 
that's that's going to be the end of this show. You have been listening to episode 390 of the Shattered Soulstone, your Diablo community podcast. Missed an episode? You can find the show blog and listen to the show archives at www.shatteredsoulstone.com. Come join us in-game. Our in-game community and clan, both named Shattered Soulstone, are open to anyone who would like to join. You can also join us on Discord for the ultimate team and community-based experience. Find the Discord invitation link on our Twitter and Facebook page, as well as the Shattered Soulstone website. Thank you for listening.